The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about how your company can avoid falling into a promotional trap. Joining us is Randy Frisch, who is the Chief Evangelist, Co-Founder, and President at Uberflip, which is a content experience platform that empowers marketers and salespeople to create engaging, relevant content destinations quickly for every campaign audience and stage of the customer journey. Marketers use the Uberflip platform to scale how they incorporate content into every touchpoint and remove friction from the customer journey by surfacing the right content at the right time. Yesterday, Randy and I talked about avoiding the go-to-market trap, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about what personalization actually means. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Randy Frisch, the Chief Evangelist, Co-Founder, and President at Uberflip. Randy, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me again. I'm excited to build on yesterday. Excited to continue the conversation. And you mentioned yesterday where we talked about the go-to-market trap. Turns out there's a big hole in the ground for all of our marketing strategies where we just try to keep filling content. We just try to keep funneling content to our users to drive them towards the end of our funnel. But we're driving them into this big hole where we're not personalizing the experience and delivering the content at the right place at the right time. We're basically just advertising and hoping they can self-select and find content that they think is engaging. So let's talk about how to fill that gap with content. And the answer seems to be personalization. Right content, right person, right place, right time. Talk to me about what personalization means to you. We asked that question to two groups at my company a couple of years ago, and we framed it the exact same way. We said, what does personalization mean to you? One group was buyers. We said to them, what does it mean to have something personalized to you in marketing? The other group we asked was marketers. We said, what does it mean to personalize in marketing? You'd expect that we'd get very similar answers. And to a degree, we did get similar answers. The top three answers for a marketer was the ability to say that I know your company name, I know your job title, and I know your first name. The answer from the buyer was slightly different. The first answer, most common checkbox was, you know, my problems. Exactly. I got it. There you go. You nailed it before I even finished because you're a buyer. You had your buyer hat on. Their second answer was they know my company name. And the third was they know my industry. Those were their top three. 
And you look at those, and although there's a lot of similarity there around name and industry and company, there's a huge disconnect between the focus to solve a problem and the focus to greet you like we're best buddies. And that's this huge problem that I think we need to learn how to overcome. Now, it's, it's funny, if, if you go back, let's just call it 10 years or so, if we got an email in our inbox and they knew our first name, we we're like, oh my God, how did this big company know my name? Like, this is the coolest thing ever. How does Blockbuster know who I am? It was wild. Fast forward 10 years and we're like, how the fuck did Blockbuster get my name? Or how did this new company out there get my name? Not just that, how did I get on their list? I know how this works. I know how a mail merge works. I didn't sign up for this. Get me off of this. Where's the unsubscribe button? There's been a huge shift for us as consumers in terms of our expectations when it comes to personalization. Now, don't get me wrong. Knowing name is really important. When I log into an app, let's use Spotify as an example, because I love Spotify. They do some amazing things. They say, hey, Randy, we've got music picked just for you. In fact, the section in the app is called made for you, right? It's such strong words. They should have called it made for Randy. Exactly. It's really impressive, though, how they do this. I mean, you think about it. If you, Ben, if I, if your many listeners and they shouldn't switch what they're listening to, but they're probably in Spotify now listening in many cases. If you go to that home screen, you're going to see different recommendations than what each of us is going to see. And that's the beauty of personalization. That's now in turn the expectation that we need to be able to emulate as a brand. Now, that doesn't matter for a B2C brand, a B2B brand. The expectation has been set by Spotify as it's been set by Netflix, no different Amazon. We log in and they have the recommendations based on our purchase decisions in the past. That needs to inform that next step. And that needs to inform the ability, as we said, to solve problems. I'm going to fight you on this a little. Bring it. You're talking about experiences where somebody has opted into using the platform. They are already customers. I understand that if I am a MixMax customer and they see which of their email marketing tools I'm using, they could suggest new products and features. They might know, since I'm BCCing Pipedrive on my outbound emails, that I'm not a Salesforce user and tailor their messages towards me. But if a company is coming towards me and starting to market to get me to be their customers, not do retention marketing, right? It's not a customer success challenge. My expectation isn't that they have something that is specifically tailored towards me because they don't know me. I sometimes find it to be a little creepy when in the pre-purchase marketing, somebody is showcasing how much they know about me. Hey, Ben, I see that you're on LinkedIn and you're the CEO and founder of I Hear Everything, which has no funding, but your address is X, Y, and Z, and you've got two kids, a wife, and a cat. How do you know I have a cat? Freaks me out. I don't want that level of personalization that early because it seems like you're spying on me. The question here is how do you balance the I know who you are and have information about you with building a relationship and the point of trust to where you can use that information to provide a personalized experience. I can relate exactly to what you're talking about. It's funny. I have a friend who hates technology. As much as I love technology, he hates technology. And he'll tell me, he's like, oh, I don't want anything to track me. I'm not letting anything track me. Now I know him very well. He's got kids similar age to my kids. I know he uses a smartphone and things like that. And I'll say to him like, 
but you use Netflix. He goes, Netflix doesn't track me. I'm like, it absolutely tracks you. How do you think it knows what to serve you versus your kids when you log in? He goes, yeah, but that's fine. They're giving me something in return. I said, okay, well, how about Google? And he doesn't understand technology. So Google doesn't track me. I'm like, of course they track you. How do you think they determine the results? He goes, isn't that what's most popular? They know where you are at any given point in time. They can tell you what room in your house you're in. Absolutely. So I think the key with my friend that is for all of us that you're hitting on is that there's got to be perceived value if I'm going to give you information. And that's where we're making these quick microsecond decisions as to do I trust you or do I not trust you? Now think about it this way. When you download an app for the very first time, we open up that app and within no time we're asked, can you track me? Can I send you notifications? And our thumb almost like operates independently from our mind and makes these quick decisions. Can I track? Can I not track? It goes back and forth before we even process because we have an association from this app and its purpose as to what can I get in return. And if it lives up to that, then we keep the settings. If we find that they're not really respecting the boundaries, then we can go in and we can change those settings very quickly. If you look at a website, it's really no different. We now on every website have these cookie acceptance requirements. That banner pops up and very quickly we decide whether we're going to allow or whether we're going to reject. Now, the crazy thing is, last research I saw was from Deloitte, only one third, 33% of people are accepting cookies. Now, that means that we're doing something on the website to probably give a signal that we're not going to be able to solve your problem. So I think back to your question, it's our ability right out of the gate to show in a very non-creepy, simple way, here's my ability to track what you do today. Give me more information. And with that, I will continue to respect the boundaries, but I will continue to add value as we go. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. 
It's also the standard reflex for when something comes up in front of me before I have a relationship with an app or a website saying, can I track you? My default answer is always going to be no. There's a different onboarding experience, which before that pop-up comes up that might say, here's the information we want to collect and why we're using it. I think of it like sometimes you use an app and it's like, hey, you need to opt into allowing us to use your microphone or your camera. And this is the pop-up you're about to get. And then it's like, oh yeah, you can use my microphone. You can use my camera. There's that experience which walks us through what, how, and why the information is collected that I feel like changes. But if just an app comes up and says, can I track all your information and whereabouts? The answer is going to be no. Well, an interesting point on what you're saying, let's take this more to B2B marketing in general. The average conversion rate on a landing page where we gate content, the old way we used to always do it, and many of us still do it these days, is around 2.7%, meaning 2.7%, or three out of every visitors to that landing page will actually complete the form. That's because we've got all these fields that we're asking people to complete. Now, the shift on the far right side of that is no forms. Now, not all of us are necessarily comfortable going there and giving all of our content away for free. But what we can do is find a middle ground and we can do things like progressively profile someone, ask for information as we go. When they come to the first piece of content, we maybe make it a less premium gated asset and ensure that they complete that. When they get to the next piece, now we may be able to be in a position to just ask for something as simple as their email address. The next time we come back, we now have that engagement history of the two pieces of content they've associated with, who their email is, and we can ask for other information. And slowly, we can start to build a better profile. Now, as much as slow sounds like a bad word, that's how we build trust. Now, the key is, how do you line up content so that each of those returns doesn't have to be a new drop in the bucket, a new digital spend? Perhaps we can line it up so that they don't even leave their couch. And the association I've got there of leaving their couch is that next show or next season that comes up on Netflix as soon as you're done the last one. If we can serve up relevant content, we can keep them there and we can expedite someone through that buyer journey. You said the word slow. I agree with you. Slow sounds bad. What I think matters is the word appropriate. I understand why you're asking me for this information. I understand why when Google Maps is downloaded, why they need to know my location. Because it's a freaking GPS. Because they need to know where on the planet I am to send me to where I want to go. I don't understand why my email app needs to know my location. It just doesn't matter where I'm sending the emails from, right? So asking for the right information that is clearly appropriate or giving an understanding, a description of why that information is going to provide a better service really matters. A lot of personalization, the way to do it right, is about, you mentioned that sort of cadence of asking for the information, not asking for everything all up front, but also explaining why. Why do you need the information and what's it going to benefit in terms of the experience? And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Randy Frisch, the Chief Evangelist, Co-Founder, and President of Uberflip. Join us again tomorrow when Randy and I wrap up our conversation talking about marketing to self-educated buyers. 
If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Randy, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Randy Frisch. That's R-A-N-D-Y-F-R-I-S-C-H. Or you can visit his company's website, which is uberflip.com. Also, you can find Randy's book, Fuck Content Marketing. Yes, you heard me say it on Amazon. And you can even download Randy's podcast, which is The Marketer's Journey, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.